everyone. My name's Hannah. And I'm Abby. And we are the, the Homegirl Hustlers. We are here to be your guides on how to adjust your mindset, lifestyle, and habits to become the best version of yourself and pursue your passion without limits. Welcome back, Homegirl Hustlers, to another episode. We want to put this case scenario in your guys' head. You're working a full-time job while also pursuing a vlogging career, avidly creating content on TikTok, and have a desire to start a lifestyle YouTube channel. However, there's only so many hours in a day. Many of us homegirl hustlers have multiple passions, interests, career focuses, etc., but we don't know how to successfully take them on. When we do take everything on at once, how do we avoid burning out? Abby and I are here to walk you guys through how to successfully pursue multiple passions at once. And before Abby and I get into our personal examples of how Abby and I have used our passions that we pursued at once and how we've been able to do that successfully, we want to first mention that you can do it all. You don't have to have limits and stick to one passion, one career, one hobby. I want to, I think, just again, reiterate that I feel like sometimes you're taught in school or from everyone around you or from people set before you that sometimes you have to be in this box where it's this one career. For example, if I want to be an accountant, I'm an accountant and that's my job. That's my career. That's my focus. Everything has to be around that. I can't pursue photography if I have a passion for that. I can't pursue all these other things because it has to be centered around that one thing. So we wanted to just mention and let you guys know that it is possible to have multiple hobbies or passions and you can actually fulfill them. You can take on multiple things to bring you happiness. So just wanted to get that out there as a little disclosure before we go into everything. And I want to, I think, have Abby start with this one because again, Abby and I both have multiple things that we do and that we are avidly pursuing at once. So Abby, go ahead Take it away and let us know what multiple passions you are currently pursuing. So when it comes to my passions, I'm like a serial passion haver. <laughs> like I fall in love with things, dive in head first, not afraid to fail. And so it led me to trying out a lot of things. Right now, I would say that my passions are in... First, I enjoy building businesses, which is weird. I enjoy like building booster brands. So I would say a passion does lie there. That's something I always wanted to do since I was like 16, 17 years old, build something out that is not there just for a paycheck, but there to make an impact long term, something that I can pass down and build generational wealth rather than just like short term wealth for my family, those to come. So like building business is something that's been passionate for me. I also am passionate about something a little more exciting, modeling. I love modeling. I had to put less time into it the past year to prioritize other passions, but that's something that I really enjoy, just bringing a creative idea to life, a vision that a few people have, bring it to fruition and capturing that moment as a piece of art. Okay, this sounds Abby, so dramatic, wow, but this really... is how I view it. <laughs> we get it. You model, okay? <laughs> like, it sounds so... <laughs> I love it, though. I really love modeling. I love traveling. Oh, my goodness. This probably roots from, like, my fear of commitment as a child, <laughs> but I never can stay still. I would find something I was good at, and then I would, like stay there, but I would still adventure out and find other things. And traveling was one of those things for me that since I was young, my parents 
would bring us on a lot of trips. I've been to a lot of countries and I studied abroad in college, but the pandemic killed my traveling dreams. We're not going to talk about that right now, though. I just love traveling. (laughs) I love traveling, experiencing other cultures, learning about different people and their walk of lives. I like learning people's dances, love eating different foods. So that's something else I'm passionate about. We'll dive deeper into the details on how to go into having multiple passions. But I would say those are like my top three. Well, (laughs) three or four. four. However you count that. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. And I mean, I'm sure you guys know because Abby and I do talk a little bit on other episodes about our different passions and different things that we're pursuing. So I'm sure you guys know a little bit more about that. But it's so nice to be able to hear that all together at once, especially, you know, Abby and how you just laid it out. You can tell that you really care about all these things because of how excited you get when you talk about them. For me personally, it's a similar thing when it comes to go, go, go and doing a bunch of different things at once. I love being able to build boost your brand and not only again, be able to be doing the things that we're doing with marketing, like doing creative things when it comes to coming up with strategy and all that stuff, but also again, building that business and being able to create a culture that's going to last, create a business that's going to last and empower employees to be able to lead them well. Like That's a huge passion of mine as well. So I think that is definitely a huge one. And then another one that I have obviously is fitness. You guys know I'm a trainer. I'm an Orange Theory coach. And I like to do that part-time because it is a personal passion of mine. And that's just something that I feel like I will always have with me. It may look different in the phases of my life that I go through, but it's something that I'm super passionate about and currently pursue. Another one of my passions is, I would say, I don't know how I guess you put it, like, influencing. I don't love that like influencer word, but I like this revolves around like lifestyle influencing. Like I love sharing tips. I love sharing, like sharing advice. I love sharing about my life. I love creating content, creating different kind of like fun transitions for videos, looking at trends, understanding trends, applying trends, and doing all different kinds of things when it relates to content creation. So I love doing that. And then I would say one last thing that I have is cooking. I just love cooking. I love trying new recipes. It brings me a peace of mind, literally, when I can be in the kitchen and cook a meal. It's just an experience for me. I did culinary in high school. I just love being able to cook. And so eventually, too, I would want to maybe do a cookbook like later on in my life. But that's another thing that I'm also passionate about and that brings me happiness. I love that. I'm surprised you didn't mention. Okay, pickleball. well, that involves. I so guys, I recently started pickleball last year with my husband, but also golf recently as well. But I kind of rope those two things into fitness because for me, that's just part of like living an active lifestyle, and like I love working out. So yes, those are sports. Like I don't obviously like go to the pickleball court and start lifting weights and doing squats. Like I'm playing the sport, but it's definitely like, those are like knit roped in in my, in like my head when I categorize that as like fitness, because I love training people and working out, but I also love staying active. I love like Andrew and I, my husband and I went on like a 10 mile bike ride the other week. And we love to do active things on the weekend. We'll go hiking. We'll again, play pickleball or golf or something like that. As we get older too, I think that the sports that other people can play together as you get older. You think about like co-ed softball leagues or pickleball, you pick up basketball, like those types of things as you go on in your life are really nice because 
you can play those. Those are kind of like lifetime sports, right? You can play them for a long time. I guess you can do that with a lot of different sports, but those I feel like are really popular ones that adults will kind of do together as you get older. So it's been kind of nice to be able to have different fitness communities within like pickleball and golf and those stuff. So, but yes, Abby knows I do enjoy me a good pickleball game. It's so fun. Yes. You definitely do. Yeah, special outfits. I do. I have these really cute dresses, guys. I'm sure you heard of Halara. They're so cute. (laughs) Well, again, love the excitement that comes from it. I think that's a big sign of something you're actually passionate about. You explaining it, it's effortless. It's fun for you to just talk about it in general. So even when you guys think about your own passions, Well, Abby and I did want to explain to you guys like what our personal passions are when it comes to multiple passions at once. So I'm happy that we were able to do that. We do have some steps for you guys when it comes to this because this, guys, this topic was actually requested by one of you guys. She sent us a DM and I'm trying to find her actual Instagram handle to like shout her out. But this topic was requested and I think it's something that is so important to touch on because Abby and I were in your guys' shoes two years ago when it came to you know, I have all these things I'm interested in. How do I pursue them all at once successfully? How do I avoid burnout while doing all this stuff? I mean, there's so many things that you have to think about. So the girl, our homegirl hustler that asked to talk about this topic was Cameron Wright. And her Instagram handle is at Cam Cameron, if you guys want to check her out. But she definitely reached out and, you know, was talking about, hey, you know, pursuing multiple things at once. Like, how do you do that consistently? How do you do it well? And just had some questions kind of revolving that. And again, that kind of what inspired this topic. But we do have some steps for you guys. Step one is be clear on what your passions are and your goals with them. Write down each passion and goals that you have with those passions and make sure that those goals are timely and realistic. So when it comes down to me personally, for example, I've done this. I did this actually the most recently at the beginning of the year. I wrote down things that I want to do before I'm 30 that tie into my passions. So for example, with fitness, I aspire to either create like a fitness app or some type of fitness community where I am based and which will be in Dallas starting next year. And I want to be able to have that set before I'm 30. I had a goal with cooking, for example, I want to write a cookbook before I'm 30. Like that's a big goal of mine. I want to be able to be able to do that. And then I had obviously all the goals we have with Boost Your Brand, building that company, that culture and what that looks like with that business. And those were three things that I was like, okay, I feel like in the next, I mean, this past year I was 24, just turned 25. I'm like in six years, I feel like this is very timely, very realistic. And I even asked my husband because he's kind of like the voice of reason with us. I said, you know, here are my goals. And he goes, I think those are very realistic goals. Like you're giving yourself six years to work on achieving some of these things. And he's like, I feel like that's very reasonable and feasible with what you have. It's not like I just said, okay, Andrew, so my goals are by next year, I'm going to have a cookbook. I'm going to have a fitness app. I'm going to have this, this, and this, and this. Because realistically, is that feasible to do all of that at once in like one year? Probably not. So being able to have those goals and make them realistic is really important. Yeah, I love that. And If you want to dive into defining your goals, we did talk about that in episode two, since that's honestly the root of a lot of what your hustle is going to come from. If you don't know what your goals are in life, you don't know what your passions are, it's hard to work so hard towards something if it's not clearly defined, because then everything gets mixed up when it comes to defining success and actually checking boxes. So 
again, when it comes to this, just make sure that you know those goals, write them down, make sure that they're realistic, that they're time oriented, uh, smart goals, something that we talk about in school a lot. Just make sure they're attainable, realistic, time oriented. And I don't know the rest <laughs> of the letters, but <laughs> at the end of the day, make sure that they make sense. Otherwise, you're just all over the place. So you feel like you're failing, but it's really that you did not define your goals. Can we just touch back on what you just said, Abby? You feel like you're failing, but really, you didn't define your goals correctly. Because I was literally just going to touch on that, what you said of Mm -hmm. like, when it comes down to your goals, if you say, I want to do all these huge things by the end of next year, and then you don't hit those goals, you feel like, wow, I just wasted my time. You're discouraged. You're down. When realistically, you co- you probably took great strides towards those goals. You just did not set realistic expectations for yourself. The M in SMART goals stands for measurable. That part right there. If you cannot measure your goals, you cannot say, I accomplished it. I didn't accomplish it. That is something that even when we make goals for our clients on what we're doing for them, we make sure that they're extremely measurable because otherwise we have no way to define success. We have no way to tell them, okay, the job is done. We did it. Good job, guys. High five. So making sure that they're measurable as well. I love that. Very, very, very true. Going into step two, it is plan your passions. What are the steps you need to take with each passion to work towards your goals and then work backwards? So to give an example of this, right, I was giving my example of, okay, by the time I'm 30, I want to write a cookbook. I want to have a fitness app or a community or some sort of fitness community that I'm working towards. And then I also want to be building Boost Your Brand and the company and the culture that we have. So in order to be doing those three things, by the time I'm 30, what do I need to be doing now or what do I need to be putting in place now to be able to work to reach those goals? So it's like working backwards. Abby and I literally just did this with a client strategy yesterday. We were like, okay, your goals are X, Y, and Z by the end of this year. What do we need to put in place and what does the scope look like to be able to reach those goals? You want to work backwards from that. So for me, that might look like building a network of women that I am able to relate to with strength coaching and training, building up that network. It's also contacting some people to see what app development looks like. It's also for the cookbook, you know, specifically testing out different recipes. It's doing those steps. It's planning out those steps that will take me steps closer to those goals. So that's what that looks like. And I would say, like, I love the part about planning big and then working backwards. When it comes to that, like, my family, they're my accountability buddies. And so one of my uncles is like, hey, make a three-month plan, six-month plan, a one-year plan. Give it to me so I can help you be accountable for your goals. And I was like, okay, sure. I did not know where to start when it came to planning out my goals because I have big goals, big dreams. Where do I start? I went and did research on it, and one of the articles I was reading gave really good advice. It was like, just give your top three goals, like really broad goals. And I am not a very broad-thinking person. I don't like small talk. Like, I am very specific and data-oriented and everything. But anything as broad as improving health and wellness, 
That is an overarching goal. Growing my business and expanding my sources of income. That's an overarching goal. Gaining awards and recognition. That is an overarching goal. Increasing my influence on social media platforms. That's an overarching goal. So once you make that big goal, it is so easy to hone in on the specifics. And then once you hone on the specifics, so say it's improve your health and wellness. I wrote like, okay, I want to work out four to five times a week. I want to reduce my carb intake. I want to make sure I do regular doctor check-ins. Once you have those things lined up, then you get more specific. Okay, this is the gym I'm going to be working at three days a week and the gym I'm going to be working at two days a week. This is the food that I'm going to be cutting out. I'm no longer going to buy loaves of bread. I'm going to buy wheat bread instead of white bread, whatever that is for you. So if you start too specific, again, it just becomes like checking a box. You lose sight of the big picture. And when it comes to planning your passions, your passions are a big picture goal. Those are the things that lead to you finding your purpose in life. So having all those small pieces that put together the big puzzle is really key. But that's where it comes to starting big and planning. Exactly. I literally couldn't have said it better myself. And that literally takes us into our next step of when it comes to planning backwards. Our next step, step three is integrating those plans into your routine, your current routine. So what is realistic with your current routine? For example, if you are working a nine to five job and you're in the office nine to five, you literally only have before nine and after five. So realistically, what do those hours look like? You, if you want to schedule, you know, obviously maybe a little bit of time for breakfast, maybe a little bit of time for dinner. But while you're eating breakfast, you know, for example, if you are a singer, maybe while you're eating breakfast and doing your morning routine, you start writing some lyrics down of a song you're working on. And maybe that's part of your routine. Twice a week is during breakfast, I'm going to start writing some songs or I'm going to start putting my plans into action. So what does it look like realistically with your routine after you've already worked backwards and seen the steps that you need to take? So for me, again, to put this in a personal example, when it comes to fitness, I have a very crazy routine daily with Boost Your Brand when it comes to, you know, if I'm working at home, sometimes I'm out meeting a client, sometimes I'm out helping train an employee, whatever that looks like. My day can kind of be a little bit chaotic, but I'm always going to schedule that time to work out and to have a fitness influence because that is one of my passions. That's one of my goals. So I'm going to make sure I plan, okay, what my day is going to look like. And you know what? That's not going to look perfect and that's not going to be the same every day. There are going to be days where you're going to have crazier days and you're not going to get to everything how you want to get to it ideally, but you have to be able to be comfortable being uncomfortable and say, okay, You know, I mean, I just talked on my Instagram about this past week. There was a day where I had a whole hour of a workout planned. I had my whole hour of my workout laid out and that's what I was going to do. Well, it ended up not being that way. I ended up, you know, things happened. Life gets in the way. Things were happening where I really had 20 minutes and I could have said, well, screw it. It's 20 minutes. I don't get my hour workout and I'm not going to work out today and just kind of had a bad attitude and just like not done it and not prioritize myself. But instead I said, you know what? 20 minutes is enough. I can get part of my routine in. I did my cardio part of my routine. I did my whole rest of the day and then I got the rest of it in after. Was it ideal? No. Was it convenient? No. But that was my dedication to planning around my current routine to get the passions in that I know I'm prioritizing. Yeah. 
Essentially, mine is just another version of that. It's just make sure that whatever is set in stone in your calendar, whether it's client meetings, whether it's a nine to five job, whatever is set in stone, plan around it. Remember too, like you have hours early in the day. People forget. You can wake up at 5.30 a.m. and still survive. I've seen so many people that are like, oh, I can't. I have to get this amount of sleep. I have to. And it's like, yeah, you should for your health. But like you actually don't always need that amount of sleep. Some people can function off of that. But we get so used to laying down, pressing snooze, being unintentional. It's not even like lazy by intent. It's just like we get comfortable in our schedules and we don't realize, hey, if you pressed, if you didn't press snooze that one time, you're already awake, actually. Like your body got enough sleep. You're fine. Get up. And also listen to your body when you are tired. But different things like knowing your bounds is really important here when it comes to scheduling your passions around your current schedule. Making sure you eat three meals a day, but also remembering that you don't have to watch Netflix for an hour after eating your meal. You can just turn the TV off and go start doing Literally, something Literally, that was something we talked about when I was doing the master's program back in like 2020. We were talking about this because they were like asking me, some of the girls were asking me like, how do you do this, 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 and this while this program? Like that's a lot. And I said, I can't tell you the last time I watched TV. I can't tell you the last time I like went out with all my friends to like the bars and did all that stuff that you guys do all the time. Like I can't – because then guess what happens too when you are going out with your friends all the time at night? Are you going to be up and at them at 6.30 a.m. the next morning? Most likely not. Like most likely that's going to drag you into the next day if you're going out and you're doing all those things. Again, not that it's a bad thing, but you have to think about how that affects you and how that's going to affect your following day. And without doing that, like they were like, I'm like, well, what if you stop watching Netflix every single day and maybe you actually only watched it three times a week or two times a week? What if you only went out once every other week or once every week instead of two times a week? Like those two fixes. And I'm like, that just opened up like 10 hours of your week right there. Or have the discipline to wake up the next morning. Like my friends used to think I was crazy because I would go out on a Thursday night with them we get home around 2 a.m. And I still would get up and go to the gym by like 7, 8 a.m. I'm like, yeah, I told myself I'm going to the gym. I'm going to the gym. And they're like, oh, my gosh. And it's a Friday. You can take the day off, Abby. Ha-ha. And I'm like, no, I have goals. Like, this is part of what I'm doing with my life. I want to stay fit. I want to stay active. This is something I'm going to do no matter what. If I'm like hungover and I'm sick, then that's on me for not using my own discernment and limiting my alcohol intake to be able to wake up the next morning. But that's where you really have to, again, plan around your current. Because some people, like, especially people who are extroverted, they need that social time. They do want to go hang out with friends. I'm fortunately not one of those. (laughs) But you can still do that and still wake up the next day. Like, my family owns clubs. They are literally night owls. They're up all night, but they have families during the day. My cousin has five kids he's taking care of during the day, and then he's working his club at night. So, like, I've seen it happen where it's like, okay, it's possible. It's just a question of are you going to be the one to do it? Are you going to make those sacrifices? And I think, again, it goes back to the person, like yourself. I think it's very person to person of, like, if you know that it's best for you to set those boundaries – 
to, again, maybe it's like you limit, like, again, either your alcohol intake or you like, you have to be home around this time to be able to get up the next day to work your goals, whatever that looks like for you. Everyone's different, but sticking to it and being like non-negotiable, like this is non-negotiable. I am working towards these goals for myself, for these passions. There's a greater purpose behind this. So I don't care. Like, for example, if your friends are all going out to eat and you're doing something like Abby said, you're doing like you're eating healthy or you're cutting out some of the extra, you know, junk food in your life and your friends are all going out to like McDonald's or something. And maybe the social person you wants to go out with them. Great. Well, eat before or eat after or plan around that. And like, again, when your friends say, why aren't you doing this? Or if they kind of, you know, come at you for whatever reason, if they do, then you can, again, say, no, I have goals. I'm sticking to them. Like, I want to hang out with you guys. And I did that all the time in college. Like, I personally would go out with friends. I would drink water and I felt bad like I wasn't ordering anything because I would try to eat before or eat after. But that was my goal. I was like, I really don't want to eat this junk food and I know I'm going to be tempted. So I'm just going to come with a full stomach, still enjoy my friends. And if people judge me, then they judge me. People would think I was doing this. They think I was starving myself or doing this. It's like, no, I'm eating very nutritious food. I'm fueling my body. I'm just not doing it the way you see it in your eyes, in your perspective. And you have to be okay with that. Because when you start actually setting goals and like scheduling them into your team, you're going to have people question you, like can try to convince you to shy away from them because they may say, oh, well, my best friend now, say, for example, if, if I have a best friend, we're both really into eating junk food. Like we all, we love going to eat junk food all the time. And I say, I'm actually going to stop doing that as much because I want to prioritize my health and I want to eat better and I'm going to do that less. Well, my other friend who may not have that same goal or may not have that same priority is probably going to be like, okay, like that's fine, but I'm still going to like invite you and like still going to like try, which is fine. But you have to be able to stay strict. Like these are non-negotiable goals with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like this is with any of your goals. I think another place you'll see this a lot is in finances. Like when you're trying to save money. Ooh, this is like... People think that you're making yourself miserable. It's like, no, I'm trying to buy, like Hannah, trying to buy a house right now. Like trying to save. I don't get to do a lot of the things that I do. You have bigger goals. You don't don't want to. Because a lot of them cost money. Like a lot of them just do. And so sometimes I just have to bow out and say, we can all hang out together and like watch a movie or like do all this stuff. But if you guys want to go to this winery or do this excursion or do all these things that is going to cost me hundreds of dollars. I just can't swing that right now. Not even because like, I may not even have it, but because I have goals and I need to save that money. If I don't ever save that money, I'm not going to be able to have the house that I want or be able to have like reach the goals or invest the money into what I need to. And that sucks, but that's life. Yeah. And honestly, the other thing is it doesn't even have to suck because it's like you are happy about your decision. And a lot of the times people around you will make you feel like you're making yourself miserable. And it's like, no, I just have my what own What sucks goals. though is like, um, I'll is even like give an feeling example. that though, that pressure from your friends when, yeah, exactly. That when they're, when they say friends, those things, yeah. like it sucks to kind of hear that because they don't understand if they are making those comments, they don't understand where you're at. And that can kind of be like, yeah. oh, like you don't get it. Like you just kind of get frustrated or like you want them to get like, hey, I'm happy with, again, like you said, I'm happy with my decisions, yeah. but- like, you can't make them see. Girl, see, I do not care. If nobody sees what I'm doing, I'm, I'm not care. You know what? I went to <laughs> London with my friends, and I traveled, like, six countries over 
four months. And I did not have a, I'm like not a rich kid that came from money. I was there off scholarships. Like every dime that I had in my pocket was from scholarships. I told my parents, hey, I'm studying abroad. Bye. When I was traveling with my friend, she now has a business, travel to Leah. We literally were so broke, but we had the best times of our lives. Like we would have prosciutto. Like we were traveling Italy and everyone's like, oh my gosh, the food in Italy. Can't wait to have the pasta. Can't wait to. No, we wanted to explore the city and we did not care. We would share a plate of $13 gnocchi and bring our own wine into a That's restaurant. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And it's like, to us, it was like, oh, well, like I'm literally able to explore the world and like see all of God's creation. Like that made us happy, you know, see other cultures. You didn't have people. to go to this expensive cooking class and things. like do all those like expensive, like excursion things. Yeah. yeah. Like we really didn't think about it until I went to London with my friends a couple months later, they came from the States to London with me. I had a pack of bagels in my purse because I was like, ew, London is expensive. I went to buy avocado toast. It was like $13 for actually a piece of avocado toast. I was like, oh, that's silly. I literally bought a pack of bagels and like stuck in my bag and was like, all right, on to the next. And that was like off to my friends. They're like, oh my gosh, like you're eating a bagel out of your purse. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, and you're eating a $50 meal AKA like a tea party that's not going to fill you up. Like I enjoyed so much in this conversations that I can call them right now. And they're like, that was a life changing conversation, life changing experiences. Just do not let your view, like the way people view you, don't let that hold you back. Always integrate what you need to integrate into your life because your goals are bigger than what people exactly. perceive you as. And just be prepared that not everyone's going to be gung-ho and supportive. Like, and that's okay. Like, just be prepared. Don't get upset when someone's not. Like, come into it with the expectation that, okay, I'm reaching some goals. I'm going to work towards some goals. And you know what? No matter what happens, like, I'm happy because I'm pursuing that. And, like, remember those things. That was great. I feel like we got so much covered in that step. Moving into the next one kind of a little bit relates to what Abby was saying earlier with accountability, how she gets it from her family, but tracking progress and getting accountability. So again, Abby did touch on this earlier when it comes to literally tracking your progress, keeping tabs on your progress. If you don't go back and think about where you were a month ago and see how you've evolved, how are you supposed to even know you're going in the right direction? How are you supposed to remember how like the process it took you to get to where you are if you're just moving, 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 juggling, 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 and never able to reflect back on your process and never able to keep tabs on the progress that you've been able to make? But that also comes with having people hold you accountable. I literally personally did this with one of our employees. <laughs> Shout out Well Meese this week. We were talking about, after a meeting, we were talking about how she was telling me that she wants to be able to work out more, but she finds it hard to like prioritize it with everything else she has going on. I was telling her 
that, hey, I feel that way, but with TikTok, because she's like, you know, really into TikTok and is killing on TikTok. I'm like, I want to post on TikTok more, but it falls to like way, way, way last priority. And I don't feel like I'll personally ever like make it a priority to do it, but it's something that I want to try doing. I want to post more on TikTok. And so we made a deal with each other about texting each other, you know, on these two specific days when she was going to work out, like sending me a picture of her working out. And for me personally sending, well, I mean, all I have to do is she can see my TikTok if I post it or not, but me sending like the TikTok and getting her feedback from it. And so that was just like a small little thing of like, someone in my life of like, you know, we're working towards different goals. They're not the same goals, but we're just, you know, holding each other accountable. So I feel like that's just a small example of, again, holding yourself accountable. Definitely. Or even Hannah and I are doing a book a month and we ask each other at the end of every month, did you finish your book? Did you not finish your book? And that's an example that's a little easier because we both have the same goals, but know that You can always have people around you who care enough to hold you accountable and help you keep tabs on your progress. And that leads to step five, which I think is the best step, the most important step. The one that people ask us about the most, and in my opinion, people ask me about this one the most, stay inspired, right? It sounds so simple. It is difficult, but it's truly connected to your mindset and how you perceive things. Know that it's important to have passionate people around you, passionate quotes around you. I know a lot of girls have like Pinterest boards, things like that. But remember that passion drives passion. Keep finding ways to be inspired. I was just reading a book and it was saying how people believe that you need to be motivated before you're inspired to take action. And so we always think motivation comes first, like, all right, I got it. I'm going to go for a run. This is going to be awesome. And then you're inspired. You're like, wow, I can be the next name famous runner. Name famous runner. (laughs) Tyra Gittins. There you go. And then you start running. But the book was like, we always wait for motivation, but motivation is not always in our control. If you're not inspired, just do the action. And that can inspire you to be motivated to do it again and again. So something that you don't want to do, say it's going on a run. And I'm like, I don't want to go on a run, but I kind of just force myself. I put on my workout clothes. I'm like, yeah, you're going outside. You're going on a run. I'm going to do it. I'm going to maybe hate it the first time I'm doing it, but I'm going to go on a run. I'm going to track my run. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to be like, wow, I'm glad I did that. And that's where that inspiration can come from as well. So like, if you feel like you're not inspired, force that inspiration, drive yourself to put that passion as a priority and make time for whatever that action is that's going to make you feel inspired and further motivate you to repeat that action. I love that. And you know what? Going back to Seth Godin, king of marketing himself. He has his, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. He has this daily blog that he has written for years and years and years. Now, some uploads to his blog are maybe five sentences long. Some might be two pages long. Some might be a few words long. Whatever that looks like, he says, he's like, part of my discipline is writing every single day. And he goes, he talks about, he doesn't believe in writer's block. He doesn't believe in all this stuff because he, through that blog and throughout the things in his life, finds a way daily to stay inspired, to stay disciplined, to stay motivated. 
And that inspires him to write more. It inspires him to keep going and keep going and keep going. But it's because of that little action that he took. Just like Abby said, you're not going to always feel like, oh, I'm so excited to wake up and work towards my passions today. Like, obviously, again, it sounds dumb because you think, oh, if you're passionate about it, you should wake up every day excited. But realistically, we're human and we don't wake up on the peachy keen side of the bed every single morning, ready to get going. Sometimes it just takes that step. And I've heard, especially in fitness, you know, again, being in the industry so much, it's like, I really didn't want to go today. I had every excuse not to. I came and I'm so glad I did. I'm so happy I did. I feel motivated. I feel ready to go because they just took that little action. But what does that little action take? It takes discipline. It just does. You have to say, discipline is doing what you want to do or what it's going to take to get the job done when you don't want to do it. It's not when it's easy. It's not when it's, you know, excitable. It's when you don't want to do it and you're just, you know, oh, I'm not really feeling it today, but you put in the work anyway. And that's just with everything in life, but that helps you stay inspired. You can also do other things to stay inspired and creative. Like, for example, I have a Pinterest account and I'll, you know, pin different things to different boards when I want to feel inspiration for a new recipe that I want to try. I love doing that. Guys, I used to do that every single week. Andrew would get so annoyed because before I would go grocery shopping, I would literally have to be on Pinterest for about 30 to 45 minutes and pin all these creative, fun recipes and then find the ones that I wanted to do. And it was like a whole experience for me, but like that helped me stay inspired when it came to cooking. For fitness, sometimes I'll watch other people that I love, like fitness trainers, I'll watch them and I'll just watch them work out or I'll just look at their profiles. I'm like, oh my goodness, they're killing it. They're really inspiring me with this workout that they're doing. Okay, that's going to, you know, drive me to want to go work out and be inspired as well. So there's other ways like around, like outside of yourself that you can also go to for inspiration. But again, it's doing it, right? It's staying creative, remembering to enjoy your passions. Your passions are not hassles, right? If it's just continuously a hassle, then maybe you have to reflect back and say, am I passionate about this or am I just forcing myself to do this? Did I outgrow this? Like, do I love this? You want to stay in love with your passions and stay inspired. And that happens sometimes when people turn their passions into hustles, they start like dragging and start hating. And it's like, that is, again, something that's intrinsic. You can find a way to continue to enjoy it because you truly do love it. And if it's driving you to the ground because you're doing it at too high of a rate, then stop doing it <laughs> or find someone else to do it for you on your behalf as like an employee or someone. But always remember to enjoy your passions. Don't be, I know that like growing up, there's always that coach that makes you hate the sport that always happens to a few people like I end up hating the sport that I loved and I didn't go play it because I didn't go play in college because I end up hating it this coach made me hate it don't let yourself be the coach that makes you hate it don't let external forces be the coach that makes you hate your passion allow yourself to enjoy everything and step with that our last little kind of tidbit within that step when it comes to burning out when you feel like you are, again, either if you turn it to a hustle or you're doing too much of it or you're just overwhelmed at that point in your life, I love this quote. We've heard this before. Learn to rest, not quit. Rest. If you have to rest and take a break because you're about to hit burnout and you just feel like you're overwhelmed, take a step back. Take a break. You hear these stories all the time. I went on a trip for the weekend or I actually got the amount of sleep I needed or I put everything away and I just took a break and I came back refreshed. I came back ready. So know the signs of burnout. Abby and I have an entire episode on it, but know the signs 
Thank you, Abby. There she is again. Abby coming in clutch. Episode 13, (laughs) like know the signs of burnout. And when you're about to hit that wall, when you're about to hit that burnout, literally take a step back. You don't want to, like Abby said, be your own worst enemy and do that. And then again, what helps prevent that burnout? We have a lot in episode 13, but what can help prevent that too is again, having people in your life who are accountable with you, who you have, who can kind of see from an outside perspective, hey, getting close to burnout. You know, Abby and I have that with each other as well. Yes, you want to hustle, you want to grind, you want to pursue these passions and you want to pursue them well, but you can't do it to a point where you're not yourself anymore and you're burning out completely because you need you need to show up and you need to be your best self to show up and that does involve rest and that does involve healthy boundaries, you know? And I think going back on the steps, I think the biggest one too, again, guys, with making sure that you're pursuing all these things successfully at once is literally making sure you're taking those little steps, those little strides and tracking them over and over and over again throughout your time. So going back to our steps for our note takers, step one, be clear on what your passion is and what your goals are with those passions. Step two, plan your passions. What are your goals and big steps and then work backwards into your realistic timeline of your life. Step three, integrate these plans into your current routine. Schedule your passions into it. Step four, track your progress and get accountability. And step five, Abby's favorite and our great last step, which is get inspired and stay inspired. That was all of our steps for you guys, for you note takers. Thank you so much for listening into our podcast. We will be back obviously next Wednesday with another amazing episode. Make sure you again, join our private Facebook group to be in the know of everything, to ask questions, find mentors, find advice, follow us on Instagram, send us a DM. Shout out again to Cameron for sending us this DM about this episode. We do listen to you guys and we love your feedback. So if you guys have any suggestions of topics, any guest speakers you want to see or any topics you want to hear, definitely let us know. See you later, homegirl hustlers. I wish you could see Abby's face right now. She's had a peace sign. See you later, homegirl hustlers. (laughs)